Kevin, Austin, my friend, welcome to the Syndicate podcast. It is long overdue. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. It's a nice, I love what you've done with the space. <laughs> Prime position. I like it. I think we should get into this by checking some of the questions from the Instagram. Yeah, let's do it. There were some good questions, so shout out to everyone that did ask a question. Thank you. What was it like to participate in Coalition? Mm. Yeah, it was epic. Uh, probably the first type of video format competition that I've been involved in, I suppose. Yeah. But to go to, yeah, LA and... Uh, was it Mexico as well? The one I went on was uh, LA and San Diego. Okay, my bad. Different year. Yeah, yeah. Whole different year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was it was super epic. Um, it was like way harder than I thought. <laughs> How many days did you have? Uh, I think or ours roughly. was ten. Yeah. Or seven. Seven or ten days. Yeah. But yeah. And who was on your team? So there was uh, Devin. Jonathan Peroni, Morrison, Burrito Guido, it's a filmer. Was your filmer. Yeah. yeah. Um, and what was it like? You know, that's the question. It was awesome. Yeah, I'd, I'd definitely do it again. And yeah. I'd love to, like I've been eyeing out all of the ones since, but it hasn't been as, as fitting, I yeah. suppose. That was your year. But yeah, That felt sure. like your year. Um, and I'd do it differently, I think, now. I think I went too hard, yeah. too quick. And like was, in the week. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. It was hard to kind of, like, keep up and, yeah, just an interesting format, like filming clips with, like, a deadline mm. and, you know, only so much time and balancing that with other team members as well. It's, yeah, for sure. Yeah, really fun, but... Um, yeah, it was quite challenging. I think we were, like, stoked to be done by the end of it. <laughs> we yeah. made an epic video, so... I went yeah. in 2017. I remember as much as I loved it, it was, like, painful. There was a part of it that was, like, so bad, and it was, like, if I'm being honest, scootering shouldn't be like this. Like, this is too much. Like, it was too hectic for me. I was, like, this is... rigid. It, you yeah. know, obviously up to the individual interpretation and it's like I yeah love the love the experience and I'm sure so many writers would like agree and relate to what I just said but also like still do it again it's a lot of external pressure even Mm. though it might not be spoken yeah you know way different to like yeah starting your own project and having you setting your own time frame and yeah yeah yeah. Or just going out with a camera and filming for... Mm. But but it is what it is and I think the videos that come from it show that it's definitely worth doing. Totally. I think some of the best scooter videos ever made have been the Coalition videos, for sure. From Sammy Ladle, did you know at the time how iconic the Hat Gang in Canberra video would be? It was a very different time, for sure. I think... To answer the question directly, uh, I don't think any of us had any idea how iconic that video would end up being. Yeah. 
But I think the reason it was so good was because at the time we had just planned to go to this new skate park in Canberra and it was probably like the first like big convict park yeah. that was built in Australia. Yeah, like the start so of the it boom. it was like we need to go. Yeah. And it was, it was just purely for fun and just to be on a trip with the homies and yeah. I think that's what came out in the in the video yeah. more than anything. And but yeah, it was a very different time. Um, there definitely wasn't, you know, the there wasn't really like a promising future, you could say, in scootering at that time. Yeah. Like it was really being built from the ground up. Yeah. So it was it's very different. I think most people truly did it because they enjoyed it. Yeah. And it definitely was wasn't cool to scooter back yeah, then. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas now I think scootering's like quite cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, I I agree. Um how old were you at that time? And how long had you been scootering? I would have been driving, I think. Okay. I think. Uh I don't think I drove on that trip, but I think it was when I started driving. So yeah, maybe for like sure. 16, 17 years old. To take yeah. it back a, a further than that then, what is the introduction to scootering for you? You mentioned before skateboarding was a little bit before scootering, mm. so I guess that would have to be your introduction. Yeah. What's the what's the start of your extreme sports, you know, fascination? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think my brother had a large part to do with it. Yeah. So I've got uh, an older brother. He used to, yeah, I was like bombing hills in between his legs yeah. from a really young age. And yeah. So I think that's why I got into skateboarding. And then I was, yeah, going to the skate park like most weekends. And my mum would take me and hang around yeah. the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and I got introduced to scooters because I had organised to go to the skate park with a friend and, like, I was going to go skateboard. And my friend invited one of his friends who brought a scooter and that was probably the first time I'd ever seen a scooter. Yeah. Do you remember like, how he was riding it? Like, do you yeah, vividly remember like a, seeing, like, tail whips or a bry yeah, or something yeah. like it that? It was a ra- the first time I'd ever seen a Razor Pro. Okay. So back then it was, like, a beefy scooter yeah. compared to what I'd seen. And he was just doing like tire taps on a quarter part. On the quarter, yeah. And yeah. Like three sixties had a fly out. And yeah, I thought it was cool. Um, maybe like a week or two later, another friend showed me a Cody Donovan video. Yeah. And I think that was punk scooters. Yeah. And you're not the first person to mention that on yeah, this I think, I think yeah. Juzzy, you and him could probably talk about that. That video a, is huge yeah. for anyone in that era I guess yeah yeah um and I think I watched it like three times in a row like when I first watched it yeah and I was just like wow like this is insane and at that point I'd just gone into high school and I went to quite a small school before I went to high school yeah so like my grade was like 200 kids and I think that opened my eyes so like other scooter riders like yeah. there was more than 
you know, the one dude I'd seen at the skate park. There was actually, like, quite a few people. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I was, like, skateboarding and scootering. Like, I would take both to the skate park for, yeah. like, a couple of years. A couple of years? Yeah. 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 I was doing both. I guess just as time went on, I just had way more fun on a scooter than I had on a s- skateboard. Yeah, like, there was, like, this sure. turning, turning point. And around the same time, my school just opened up Monster Skate Park as a school sport. Wow. And it was like... Wow. There was like one one term of skateboard only and then Monster Skate Park yeah. just allowed scooters in. And that that's when scootering kind of took off because wow. it was huge because scootering was massive at the time. Okay. And there was actually... I think there's actually a clip of Cody Donovan in punk scooters riding Monster Skate Park's big box before it was allowed. Okay, and the yeah. story goes that Cody went into Monster Skate Park with rollerblades, yep. got in, and then whipped out his scooter and got those clips. Yep. Wow. He might correct me whipped on that. Because but of you, the couldn't, time. you couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you yeah. Know? So there was these clips like, fuck, he, he's riding Monster swear. Skate Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was pretty monumental. And, you know, Monster always had like... Like, there was some pretty iconic riders that worked there, like Waza yeah. worked there and um, Nick Air would yeah. be there all the time. And, um, yeah, you could almost always go there and there was, like, a scooter presence. Yeah. So it for a lot of kids, they would just migrate there. It was on a major train line. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, it definitely took off. So that's that, you know, older brother getting you into skateboarding from as young as two years old that being your you know extreme sport of choice up until 11 12 finding out about scooters as you're going into high school and at that time are you a mad park rat (laughs) no i never was which is i didn't think anyone wasn't i thought that it was just well, all double I whips and bries and... All I rode was skate parks. But yeah, but you know, like... Yeah. The local park I had didn't have a fly-out. Okay. Like How does a three... park not have a fly-out? That means it doesn't it was, have a quarter. It was, it was prefab. So it oh, was like, there's nowhere to land know, like on a, a prefab a one quarter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, for well, like the width of this table. Yeah. Um, and like years later, the council like added concrete. Yeah. So like... That later came a fly out. Um, I just, I, I have to point out for the sake of the podcast, I didn't start riding scooters properly till like 2011, 2012, mm. which is like, so whenever people talk about the OG stuff, I'm like just sitting on the sidelines. Like, yeah, I, w- I wasn't part of that yeah, era. Yeah. So, but it makes me extra interested. Like, um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. It's yeah. One, one, on. one big part of scootering that I can only relate to from those like golden era stories. But yeah. it's interesting that we both went from skateboarding to scooters, yeah, yeah. which I've been told. By I mean, a lot of the best riders <laughs> do. <I> mean. <laughs> but it's quite rare, like, to to already be an established skateboarder. Mm. Like, you're quite good. Mm. And then to be like, nah, fuck it, I'm going to ride scooters. Yeah, now do it when you're, like, 19 years old and imagine how much shit you get. 
It's a lot. <laughs> I got a, yeah. I got a lot of shit being like an older, maturer, almost gr- yeah. you know grown up skateboarder. Twenty eleven, you said. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was pretty. That was a. That was peak scooter hate time. I think that's like, for a long time, like what I loved about scootering was that most people that chose to ride scooters back in that mm. time, mm. like, did it because they mm. loved it. Yeah. Like, and yeah. that was what yeah. I would connect to is like, damn, you're like, people are talking shit on you and you're still doing it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sick. Let's, let's be friends. And what's interesting is like skateboarding was in that position and surfing was the, mm. the counter. When I was in grade know, eight like, and I skated being a, a skateboarder, the labels were like, oh, you fucking druggo, skater boy, like hardcore teased. And I was like one of a few skaters at my high school. F- you know, years later, once it's finally cool, go from skateboarding to scootering and it all just starts again. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. I think it's a good thing to get past there. Which I guess would bring us to that, what, I guess, what's the next step in your scootering? Get, get me on that timeline. Help me live, you know, the OG days. Well, yeah, for a a while, it was, like, getting to know the scene. Yeah. And at that point, like, the Australian scooter scene was, like, huge. How? It was, it was, I give all the credit to Cody. Yeah, but. (laughs) And, like, Was this, was that, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, there was, like, just from Jammo alone like what's jammo jamis jamis explain and skate it for the, i know what it is Penrith. but explain yeah. it for so the it's people. the birthplace of scootering in australia yeah. i would say jamis and skate park yeah yeah and a lot of i guess a lot of scooter riders would just like imitate what what cody and his crew would, was doing yeah so he Who were the a, other riders in cody's so crew? there was what like the dsc yeah, yeah, I remember DSC. And that was... What that stand for? Dialed Scooter Crew. Yeah. Yeah, before dialed scooters were a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wait, but before it, dialing your scooters was yeah. a th- Oh, okay, yeah, so it just before. meant... It didn't mean, like, your scooter sound like a basketball, like, dialed. It just meant, yeah. like, they were just dialed, like, just a cool word. Yeah. Or maybe it was about dialing scooters. Well, it was, like, that's when dialing scooters okay. came in, I guess. I... I worked at a shop that had the slogan yeah. "Be experts in yeah. dialing scooters." Here's an so interesting I'm about one for I'm you about, about dialing scooters. <laughs> so, in getting to know the scene, Billy Rainbow was one of those riders. Yep. And a funny story is that Billy used to like dial people's scooters for money at his local skate park, Clarendon. Yep. And, Amazing skate park. And I, like, I would make jokes to Billy, like, years later being like, you're the reason. Yeah, yeah. Like, you everyone wants this? their scooters yeah, dialed. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, once they heard it and saw it, Man. it just, like, poof, went huge. But going back to Dald's DSC. DSC, yep. Seeing um, them at Jamison. Who was like, in the crew? Cody. Uh, Cody Donovan, Dylan Mercer, Aaron Brand. Uh-huh. Which is not Aaron not Brand. To be confused. I used, with Aaron I used to confuse yeah. it too. Yeah. Uh, and I think that Devon? 
Ladam? Is no, that was wrong time? Not it came, yet? It came a little bit later. And a bit off to the that side? That was the trio like, that I remember. Okay, yeah. And then there was like an evolution of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jackson Bartlett's another dude yeah. that came out of yeah. out of the same skate park. Yeah. But there was like Team Aussie Scooters, yeah. which got like, that kind of evolved from that. And that was like the Clarendon crew. Yeah. Where Billy yeah. rode and... So, and where do you fall into all this? You're looking at them on YouTube, yeah, seeing them at the skate parks, watching them yeah. on YouTube, following them all on MySpace. Fuck. And MySpace, I had MySpace. Yeah, it, it just got music. to a point yeah. where I would be riding and going, trying to go to all of these different skate parks I could. And that you'd seen them ride at? That I'd seen them ride To at. ride the same skate park as them or yeah. to meet them? Both. Or both, yeah. Both. Yeah. Like, I hope Cody's going to be at Jammu would mm. be a common yeah. Yeah. hope. Well. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so it, it just got to a point where, you know, I'd be bumping into these people I'd see online mm. and I'd just be some kid. Okay, and so they weren't like, Kevin, no, no, what's going no, on? No. Like, far from that still? Yeah, I don't think I was even really, like, making videos yeah. at that point. And you're probably, like, um, a few years younger than I'm yeah, still. Yeah, like. definitely not at the same skill level. Yeah. Uh, Is anyone at the same skill level as Cody Donald? Did anyone ever? Well, it was a pretty match? high standard. Like, Royce <laughs> King, Yeah. you know, he was the same age as me. And yeah. he was, like, f- killing it. Yeah, like, okay. Way was back he... When. Um, like sponsored or anything at that time? No. No, he no. was okay, yeah. No. So you didn't have any sponsored friends or anything like that? It no. was just, you were just on the outside looking in at yeah. this time. Yeah. yeah. I don't think even Cody was sponsored. Wouldn't Punked Scooters be? That was just, that's not a sponsor? That wasn't yeah. a... I think his... Maybe that I could be wrong, but I think his first sponsor was Micro. Yeah. So I'm trying to get to that when you first, I guess, started, yeah, becoming yeah. a more of a, a someone or, or well, filming I'll or, tell you, you know, how does that... A monumental moment yeah. for me, yeah. which is that... That's I what was, I want, the monumental moments. There was a day, uh, like a big ride day that was organised at Chatsworth Skate Park. Yeah. Uh, who who organises ride days back then? I think it was Nick Okay, yeah. That organised it. Yeah. Or maybe... Was her, um, yeah. but it was at Chatswood Skate Park, so Jackson Manzi's local skate park, yeah. And like everyone from Sydney went, yeah, on the same day. So I met a lot of people, and uh, the video I think was chatty chat chat. That yeah. was like the first time I was amongst the scene, scooter scene, yeah. Yep. And then I was at after that day, I would ride Chatswood Skate Park quite a lot. Yeah. Because I was like, yeah, this park's sick. It had, you know, like this big day there and I was like gravitated towards it and I was watching Jackson Manzi's, like all of Jackson Manzi's videos at that point. Yeah. And I remember I was at Chatswood Skate Park by myself, I think, and Jackson Manzi had got off a bus from school and walked past the skate park and he stopped and then like said hi to me yeah and that was like a that was like a monumental part of i guess 
or I guess a change in, in the direction of scootering for me. Because was, was the high a recognition of like, you're a good scooter rider, you're a cool dude, some, I'm going to say hi to you. some or degree. Because like, I say hi to lots yeah, of people. Yeah, but, but I think as, as a kid, however old I was at that point, I was like, holy shit. Like, yeah. To be recognized, gone out of his way to like some level say say hello. You're like, oh, this dude who I look up to heaps has like been like, what's up, dude? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't just like a. It didn't just wait to yeah, 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 you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, And from there, it kind of just blew up. Like you just checked your backpack and had a VX in it, and it was, (laughs) and you were like, all of a sudden in the streets. Yeah. You could write it that way. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess just from that point, uh, yeah, I there was a couple of local riders from my local skate park, which yep. was like uh, Clarky and Dean Crafter. Don't know Dean. He's I know. one of the first riders for Downside Scooters. Okay, yeah. Uh, I still I know Dean Clarkie, as the owner yeah. of Downside, but not the Dean. And I know Clarky. They were like my way in. Yeah. Jackson Manzi. Yeah. So how like, were they in with Jackson? I don't know. They were just boys. Yeah. Yeah. And they bring I mean, you they in. were pretty good at themselves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course. But that was kind of like my in to then, like, you know, ride, like, yeah. we'd be riding as a crew. And, yeah. like, I'd meet Aaron and um, I met Sean Furs, yeah. uh, Ben Harradine, Alex Collins. Yeah. And. That's when I it started branching out, and I was just like, "Wow, there's actually like a community to be a part of." Without them, there w- yeah, there wouldn't be yeah. scootering in Australia. Well, there wouldn't have you weren't. Who would you have looked exactly. at? To, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's what I think. The more I got into it, the more I learnt that it was something to be a part of. Yeah. Rather than just be a participant. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah, that really changed things. So then, you know, there was, there was at that point as well, like video production started to, yep, in scootering started to pick up. And then there'd be like day edits and ride days. So it was, it was a really cool time. Yeah. For sure. But it, I guess as the timeline goes on, that's when things really started changing. It was like when I was going out with other scooter riders that yeah. were, you know, they were better than me and it was, it was, there was a noticeable gap to close. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so there was. You started wanting to like keep up yeah. or, and or reach that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it just kind of evolved. When you say going out street, that's it, what it, I, that, you know, that's kind of what I'm trying to get to. I like th- when does, I you know. At that point, like there was like Ben Harradine had a like a proper street video that came out jackson was making street videos was he already on proto then was that like no no no, that's like way before that yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. skater hq okay yeah yeah yeah. i think he was sponsored by at the time okay so you're hanging out with sponsored riders like at this yeah yeah, you could say so yeah but it yeah it definitely blew up at that that point yeah um in it in its own way. Yeah. You know, and yeah, a lot of those people stayed with it for a long time. Yeah. So it was, it was very, really easy to stay involved and, um, there was always people to ride with and 
it got to the point where I like I wanted to make videos, so I started making videos. And yeah. Once I did, then it my own scootering started to evolve. Like, of course, yeah. I think my first sponsor was Scooter Zone. Yeah. Like the American Scooter Zone. It just kind of blew up from there, and I would I jump from Scooter Zone to downside scooters. Wait, wait, wait. You got... So this is sponsorship. Yeah. We're talking sponsorship. John Archer was the dude that got me on scooters. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Was he he, riding for them or working for them? He was riding for them. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, it kind of just, like, blew up from there. I, uh, I met John... On totally online, yeah. Like I found him on YouTube. And okay, he was doing like whip manuals on a manual pad, wow. and I was like, "Whoa, wow, yeah." <laughs> um, so we met up at my local skate park. That's how I got to know John, and yeah, um, yeah. It just became the worlds. All of these different worlds within scootering in Sydney just became smaller and smaller. Yeah, like it was super interconnected. And okay, so you you get on. You get on Scooter Zone, and uh, what age, roughly? Well, this would or have been around the time, same time yeah. as hacking in Canada. Okay, yeah. yeah. All right, we're there, yeah. you know? Like, I was yeah. trying to, like, gauge, like, you were like, oh, I just, you know, I got into high school, and I started scootering with my friends, and I became a part of the community, and I realised there was this community, and then I sponsored by Scooter Zone, and then Hack Gang came out, and Friendly exists. Mm. Like, boom. Mm. Like it just yeah it yeah. definitely just exploded yeah. really quickly yeah. yeah I think friendly friendly was like established a bit before then okay yeah and it, when it was quite tight though it was yeah like yeah Jackson yeah. and Aaron Ben Haradine yeah. Alex Collins yeah uh, and so when you were going out with them were they like friendly and you were like a tag along and eventually became. Yeah, you could Friendly? Say, Was it like, say so. Like, yeah. we would ride skate parks mostly. Okay, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, just... I think what was really cool about Friendly is from the get-go, it was more so about who you... Like, to be a part of Friendly, you had to be someone that everyone was happy to hang out with. Yeah. And that was, like, the... It was a crew. Yeah, just a YouTube yeah. channel, really. Friendly was already yeah. established and... I was, like, riding with a lot of those dudes yeah. around the same time as me getting on Scooter Zone. Yeah. And, and I, I, I guess the next one would be, would it be, like, Downside? How did that come about? Someone could probably refresh my memory. I think there was an aspect of me... Reaching like out. Reaching out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and at that point, all they had was, like, their Comet wheels, which yeah. were, like... All they had. Pressed... Eagles. It was huge, you know, yeah. All these yeah. different coloured eagle wheels, yeah. but with a downside logo on it. Amazing. Yeah. And I sold a lot of those when I was at And that was Darling like, yeah, yeah, that was so appealing. Mm. And I think I, like John and I felt quite disconnected from Scooter Zone, like yeah. being the only Australian dudes. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, like it ride for a, like a, a brand that makes their own parts. Yeah. An Australian Australia. brand, yeah. And, uh, that, yeah, evolved into something that was really sick yeah. for, like, a number of years. You were downside for a long time. Yeah. yeah. That came a little bit later, but yeah, 
that was what I moved on to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was your life like at that time? Are you still in high school at this stage? Are you only writing on the weekends? Like, what is life during mm, this period? Yeah, a lot of that was high school. Yeah. And, yeah, I'd be writing Monster Skate Park every second Friday yep. till close, yep. ride most weekends. And yep. it was kind of just like every weekend, like go to a new skate park Yeah, for years. And yeah. how much is street riding a part of your life, like in the streets? I would say it, it's a big part, but it wasn't, you know, something that I was... Not how it became. Like I wasn't like dedicated to filming street yeah. videos. Because you used to film with proper cameras and put videos up on YouTube at parks. Yeah. At yeah. gang camera. Yeah, there was no like, like distinction. They, it got to a point where I was like, I'm not, I don't want to film park videos anymore. When was that point? That was probably when I left school. And actually yeah. it was, so I left school. Finished grade 12, graduated. And had to good make the decision. Like, yeah, yeah. Know, like, you were on a student, like... Like, I, to be honest, I did not try at all. But, I feel like you wouldn't I'd have like, had to. I feel like you're smart enough to have... Well, I, I saw my grades and I was like, damn. Did good for <laughs> yeah, not trying. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the kind of vibe But there was so much stress your, around I remember me not you. taking it seriously. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, fuck. Yeah. Like, this is going to backfire like, yeah, badly. Yeah. So finish school, straight A student without even trying. Um, <laughs> nah. Not quite. And then you had to decide on... I, d- I just had to decide, yeah, what I was going to do after. With my life. Yeah. Now we're getting to and the juicy stuff. Yeah. 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 You graduated. I cannot relate. Yeah, yeah, it was it was pretty um, stressful to be honest. Like, was it like go to uni? Like, you're gonna go well, to uni now? Or I don't think I had like this, you know, like no one in my life was like, you know, you need to do this or you need to do that. But yeah. I think there was this societal pressure that I should be thinking, you know, long term or like I should be taking things more seriously yeah and i guess that led me to making one of two decisions which was either to do an apprenticeship and that was probably going to be carpentry or cabinet making yeah or i take a gap year to figure it out yeah has anyone ever taken a gap year and like well this is gone back and done what they this is now my 13th year on of, of the gap, gap years. <laughs> so Holy shit. I'm glad. Has it been 13 years since you graduated? Yeah, I can, think so. Can we no, get no, an no, A? No, sorry, no. 11. 11 uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still, how old are you now at the time of recording this? 28. 28? Yeah. Jesus. I remember we were celebrating your, like, 26th birthday at, like, the Undies house. Yeah. Or 25th even. Fuck. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Man, guys... It flies by. You have to ride your scooters. Yeah. <laughs> you have to ride your scooters. Yeah. And I don't regret anything. Yeah. 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 Um, but, yeah, 13th, uh, 11th gap year. Yeah. 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 And when I decided to take the gap year, I was, yeah, I didn't really have that intention for it to go on forever. I was no. just like, I need, like, all I want to do right now is scooter. And <clears throat> so I'm going to, 
leave room to be able to do that and I'll yeah. figure out what I want to do later. How do you live? Did you just have awesome supportive parents that yeah, gave you money while you scooted for the year? No, so or? in the last year of graduation, I was working at KFC. Yep. And then I got a job at Scooter Hut. When? In the same year. Yeah, so you've so skipped a big part. You're well, in grade 12, you got a job at a scooter shop. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, yeah. And that, that changed a lot because I think that was the first proper store, scooter store there was in, in Sydney. I was going to well. say, Scooter like Hut was birthed in dedicated the Gold Coast. Scooters. But yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So, it, I decided to take a gap year and I was working at Scooter Hut yeah. at the time. And and riding and riding and I guess it scootering changed me then changed for me because I was I had the time to actually like a lot more time with with myself and yeah. my thoughts and yeah, I was yeah, like yeah, yeah I all I want to do is scooter so like let's just make videos yeah. to the best of my ability and see what comes from it like that was just what i wanted to do at that point yeah and is that is there like a time when you were saying i was trying to say before like when did street you know really Mm. become like the thing and was that that for me it it was probably that like it's i started taking it a lot more seriously yeah and by that point there was like a lot of street video, like dedicated street writers and yeah. street videos that like have come out. Who and what? Well, what was the, you like know? Matt McKean videos and the, I think Urban Art was making. Yeah. Like, like Georgie Lewis and. Um, so the best video part ever. Yeah. Yeah. More or less. With the best so soundtrack like ever. All of these street videos would pop up and this was around the same time. So it yep. kind of gave me a path to go down yep. that I hadn't gone down before yep. and I had the time to do yeah. it as yep. well. So, Can you say what year that would be? Or is that getting too that hard? Was, that math? was about 2012. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'd been riding for a year at this stage. Yeah. And that sounds about right with the mm. urban art videos. And the Matt McKean videos would have been a bit before uh, quite they would have yeah. been out for two, three more like years before that. Like mm. yeah. Yeah. But I, I would say like it was the the combination of, you know, videos from Matt McKean and mm. other people doing it yeah. like really solidified it. Yeah. As a yeah, a way of writing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And to take it a, a bit more seriously. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did you have like a first big part? Was there like a video part from like Kevin Austin downside? Yeah, I think you can still watch it actually. Yeah. I think it's just called Kevin Austin Web Edit. Okay. Yeah, not downside or something. And that was, it still has, I think, maybe a couple of part clips, but it was like street. And that was like me coming. um, I was in high school at that point. Yeah. Filming that Filmed and probably it, released it. Made that video. And then the video that came after that, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it was my downside video. Yeah. There was like See, I say a lot these, of videos that I've been a part of. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And I feel like that was kind of the thing then is like I'm assuming there was 
like my I'm infamously bad at remembering video parts and yeah. specific parts yeah, and stuff. Hard. But I'm assuming there's um, friendly crewtages dropping at this yeah, stage. Yeah, like, like I'd featured now. in Hacking yeah. in Canberra and um, Project. Like other Project Swiss Cheese, yeah. one, two, and three. Yeah. Um, so Sean would have a large part of, yeah, that influence for filming street. Cause yeah. he was like the dude that was filming street yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. putting the videos together. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and so I worked on a video with Sean, which I think is just Kevin Austin is on downside scooters. Yeah. yeah, yeah I yeah, think yeah. that's what it's called. Yeah. And that was, yeah, my second or my first proper dedicated street video yeah. yeah 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 yeah. and that was like yeah see i remember that time period there was when i first started working with rob and unfair when i first started riding scooters 2011 and that's when i started to meet you on mm, these trips mm. but i think the first time was actually you guys where you came to uh queensland and you we met at runaway bay that was my introduction to Queensland, yeah. for sure. Yeah. The, the funny contrast is that at that time, you and Jackson and Aaron were like gods to me and Marshall and Nathan. I think that's the great thing about scootering is like, I think that often is mirrored, you know? Yeah, like there's yeah. always like this, like, wow, like... These dudes have been killing it for however long, like, on their own kind of thing. Yeah. And there's just this mutual respect. Yeah, it was it was, it was definitely s- such a thing, like, you guys were that, um, the blueprint mm-hmm. of street riding in Australia. The one thing we could never get around to in those early days was SD. We just could never source and figure out and like you guys were filming SD and that was so cool. That was so legit and so street and we were just like these shit cunts from Brisbane with HD cams like, oh, so lame. That's not even, it's not even street, bro. It's fucking HD like. Yeah, there's a big stigma uh, around HD Man, that it was so crazy. Like Like everyone was resisting HD. Like. Which is pretty funny to look back on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but even now, it's still quite agreeable upon the SD has such a beautiful It has a different look, feel. Like, yeah. 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 But and, I, I give yeah. that credit to Sean. Yeah. And, and Manzi. He, they were doing that, filming yeah, that. Yeah, bought a VX. Yeah. But Sean was the dude with the Panasonic DVX. Okay. And he had that from, like, Day Dot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where he got the idea to get one. Where are we at now? I guess started to meet people outside of Sydney. Yeah. Yeah, and it was going on, like, trips. and. When did you first start travelling internationally on a scooter? Well, I'd, I'm pretty fortunate to have been travelling for most of my life yeah. before that, but just family overseas in the UK and... yeah. I would take my scooter. So at that at that point, I was I'd already been to like Singapore and Malaysia and yeah. uh, Dubai. Yeah, with my Family. scooter. Oh, with your scooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. I have like clips from riding like, street, riding skateboards. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Um, my first like proper trip. I funded myself and that was to America yeah. and that was like probably around didn't this we time. all <laughs> that was probably like around this time frame too because yeah. when I left school it was like what do I do yeah, yeah yeah and I was working yeah so I saved up this money to go to America yeah and that was the first proper who with trip. just solo who'd you meet there it was what so do you mean random. Just solo. Yeah. How do you just go to America solo well, to I'd, ride your scooter? Yeah. Had you I'd, talked to anyone I'd, online? Like? Well, that's yeah. That's what was so random about it, because I'd, I'd hit up. I wanted to go to Chicago. Yeah. For the Chicago Street Jam. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, I want to go. Who do I know from? Yeah. And I didn't know anyone, but I just like hit up. I remember hitting up Jeff Roz. Kirk wow. Spencer yeah. and uh, Busty Jussie. Yep. Busty Jussie. Right. Or maybe it was just Kirk and Jeff at this point. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, Jeff was just like, yeah, man, you can stay at my place. Yeah. Never met him before or talked to him before this point. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, all right, bought a ticket. Far out. Landed, um, stayed with Jeff yeah. at his place and met Kirk and all the local Chicago dudes and went to the street jam was filming clips there and like filmed like, yeah, a bunch of clips. I was really stoked with on that trip. And yeah, it was, that was really cool. Yeah. That was, I think that was the first time I traveled solo too, just generally. Yeah. Yeah. I I like how you said it was self um, funded. Yeah. Cause there would be a lot of scooter riders that throughout their whole life, they'd, you know, never traveled. And then mm. through getting sponsored, they like, you know, get hooked up a, a trip and you're like, Oh my God, like that's mm. such a, so, um, would be so different to them, but I can relate to the, the self funding, like, and I know a lot of scooter riders like, and, uh, people, you know, watching the videos or, you know, people, uh, kids that just don't, don't realize mm. like how many, pro scooter riders or just how many passionate scooter riders spend tens of thousands of dollars a year getting around to street jams in different countries and stuff Mm. like that. And even if they have sponsors, the sponsors help a tiny bit or, you know, the sponsors give you scooter parts, you know, like, and especially the time that you're talking about. Yeah. My, my first scooter trip was to France and it was 100% like, self-funded even though i worked in a scooter shop and had sponsors and stuff yeah yeah yeah, it's uh i just think it's an important thing to to point out you know that that first trip is don't be waiting for a ticket from someone go out and see the world like on your own things i did if i waited for that yeah yeah and what would be funny is tallying up how much money i've spent off my own back Yeah, yeah, yeah like to travel to ride your scooter yeah It'd be pretty insane. It would to be work a very out. large number. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the the Plane perception of expensive. me was that I was traveling the world as a scooter rider, like someone was funding it. I don't know if people thought it was yeah, yeah. me or not. Well, I think kids think that. I think, mm. uh, or you know, I say kids. When I say kids, I mean um, anyone following your riding or whatever. Like yeah. at the time, yeah, yeah, people just think that the pro scooter riders flying around. Like yeah. Sometimes it is later in life. Yeah, yeah. It's like that. 
but we're still a while away from then. Mm. For a very long time, it was like you were going to ride for flavour. Yeah. I just remember that being a thing. Okay. uh, Shout out, Dean. Yeah. Yeah. The the maddest cunt there is, basically. Dude, how much he did for Mm. street scootering in Australia is insane. It it felt like years of just watching you. Was riding a flavour deck? Yeah. Yeah. Out of your own choice, because mm. for liking them, there was just this long time where it was like um, you were like sponsored by Downside, but just didn't seem like too much was going on there. And yeah. you were like, you know, Kevin Austin, everyone else on the outside's like, is he gonna get on Ethic? Is he gonna get on? Like, when is it's like the perception would have been you could ride for anyone. When are you going to... It was like you wouldn't accept a sponsor. That's what it... <laughs> that I remember thinking that. Like, he must mm-hmm. have an email or a DM from every brand in mm-hmm. the industry and you were just like... It seemed like you were working on something with flavour for a long time and it mm-hmm. didn't happen. And I guess, um, you know, then Urban Art... Mm. That was the final, like, finally you yeah, took move, a, took a sponsor. To, that yeah, was, that, like, yeah. big. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, to... Speak on that. To speak on that, yeah. a lot of it was... And I think I would I would have handled it differently if I could go back. Yep. But it was me not accepting anything unless it was paid. Yeah. And that was, like, you know... So sponsors were reason, talking to you. Yeah, you but were, I, I was yeah. like, I want to get paid and I don't want to settle for less than that. Yeah. And the uh, industry just couldn't really offer it yeah. unless you were like Cody. Yeah. The industry like, just couldn't offer it unless they were willing to. Well, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Yeah, it was yeah. a different time in the industry, yeah. but yeah. it yeah. was, I think it, it cancelled out more opportunities. Then it got it. you. And like yeah. Dean... Yeah, 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 like was like giving me flavor deck after flavor deck. I was prototyping yeah. new parts for yeah. like years. Yeah, yeah, not paying for any of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. So I was sponsored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but I wasn't doing anything for yeah, Dean yeah, yeah. or for you. Flavor. Were like, I will not publicly yeah, do this yeah. until and so, this. Yeah, yeah. Shout out Dean because he supported me. Yeah. Through many years. Yeah, yeah, literally. And that would have been, yeah, that like 2012 to 15 yeah, or whatever. It definitely yeah. got me through because. On like the best decks of the time as well. Yeah, yeah. they were amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was kind of like where I was at with flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Do you remember other, you don't have to name them, but was there more than that? Was there multiple? Was there other companies reaching out to you? That were like, hey, we want to sponsor you, and you said, not you know, really. Okay, no, yeah. yeah, no. Like in my head, it was like this industry is like not, and I feel about it. I feel the same way now, which yeah. is like the industry is not big enough to support every rider that deserves it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, of course. And uh, yep. So it's, I think that's just a part of it, and yeah. that kind of like. The positive that came out of that was that I knew I was doing it because I enjoyed doing it. And 
that's where urban art came in. Yeah. And like it, I think I got like six or seven payments from urban art. Yeah. And then they went under. Was it that soon? Wait, but were your payments every three months? These were, you know, or was this? Are you saying six or seven were, months? I think month month payments. Damn, yeah. dude. Uh, so, so that it finally happened, and then it. And yeah. because of urban art, you know, like I actually don't remember the whole story with what happened, but mm. you know, now there's they, they a company that sold bought yeah. the the brand. Yeah. But through that, yeah, I was like, damn. Like, where do I go now? Yeah. And I yeah. planned to go to coalition and they'd agreed to fund it. And so I actually self-funded that coalition trip as well. Oh, the one we were talking about before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so they didn't, because that was like at the time. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But I just got the six white. Like they'd sent me, that was like the last thing they kind of sent me. Yeah. It was like the six white. Which was a good. Which is a great. That was like gold yeah. then. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, that was kind of like that left me in an interesting spot because I wanted to continue to scooter. Yeah. And I was getting paid. I got used to it. Yeah. And then it dropped off again. Yeah. So yeah. it was like, yeah. When you of. say you're getting paid, how much was it helping? It, it kind of just meant that I didn't need to, like, live week to week as yeah. such because I was, like, I was – like during this whole timeline as well, from finishing school to up until this point, I was managing the Scooter Hut Sydney store. Yeah. So in the background of all this, so it's working. important to note you were, uh, and not just working like, like you were managing, mm. like yeah. rosters, inventory, stock yeah. takes, like yeah. the running the shop, yeah, someone comes in angry and wants deep. a refund and this and that. You're like, okay, I've got to talk to head office, put this through. Like you were the mm. man that knew mm. what was going on. Yeah. 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 But even a real then, job. <laughs> I was like, I refused to work five days. Yeah. So I was on a four day contract. And yeah. That's, I'll never work more than four days yeah. in one week. Yeah. yeah. I need at least three. Yeah. So people. like looking back, I, I've set all of these like, you know, like constraints, rigid constraints yeah. that, you know, like got me what I wanted, but yeah, maybe I'd do things differently now. Um, but to answer uh, your question, the payment, the pay that I was getting from Urban Art meant that I didn't have to live so much week to week. Yeah. And it gave me the flexibility to be able to travel yeah. more. And have the time off. Yeah, be like, I want to take a week off work and yeah. I also have some money in the bank to spend on yeah. this week off. And it was yeah. like getting to that. It was getting to that point where like I would have been 24, 25 at that point. So yeah. I, I didn't, like, I wanted to be making some extra money yeah, to play yeah. with and yeah. I didn't know what I wanted to do with it, but yeah. I didn't want to be like just scraping by. And, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And that's how I'd, I guess I looked at it. it. Was how how can I make this sustainable? Yeah, 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 definitely. And what happened with urban art? Yeah, so where's the, where's the next bit? So for a while, I was talking uh, 
Was it Jeremy? Was that was he the TM then? I could be so off. But yeah. I was I was talking to one of the original like okay, yeah, yeah. of Urban Art for ages and then Well Jeremy was an original team manager. I think Jeremy yeah. Lanfranchi, if you're yeah, talking about him, I but so. I don't know if he still had anything to do with it at yeah. the time you did. Well he He was definitely, yeah, old ownership. Yeah. So working I was, for old I was ownership. Talking yep. and you know, uh that was my reference point to mm-hmm. Urban Art. And then it got to a point where I just stopped getting messages back. Yep. So I'd like organize this coalition trip. Yep. And then when it come to getting the money, it just, I, it was just, yeah. There was no pays was coming through no and there was no. Yep. And I was like, oh, well, it is what it is. Yep. I want, I'm going to send it. So, Go on a coalition anyway. Um, yep. Got your six bone so deck and the the money I got from Urban Art probably helped me have that money. Yeah, 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 for sure. Anyway, of course. Uh, so I went to Coalition and yeah, enjoyed that. Came back to Sydney. Yep. And I think that trip, Coalition trip, just got me really excited for scootering. Yeah. Again, and Sydney's scene. And, like, the golden days of Friendly had, like, started slowing down at that point. And, you know, it kind of got to a point where just most people had to either find a job mm-hmm. and make a living. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or live off government yep. benefits and yeah. continue scootering. So, yeah. Which is, in my opinion, the life. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. <laughs> Government totally. benefits and but scootering. That's not everyone is fortunate enough fortunate enough to 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 be get, able to get it. Yeah. To get it. Yeah. And uh so yeah, a lot of the riding uh in Sydney and the crew that I was riding with had slowed down a lot. Yeah. And so I more or less was just like, Where is scootering happening? And at that yeah. point it was Brisbane. Oh. And it was like, yeah, like syndicate <laughs> definitely was right like then. Yeah, it was huge. Popping off. And, yeah. Um, I think at that point you'd already been sending me parts for years as well. For like, years? Yeah, yeah. Not Dean, years. Dean was sending me parts uh, and you were also sending me parts. Like I would, it would be so rare, but whenever I would ask for something, you would just like send yeah. it. Yeah. I was playing the long game, baby. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, hmm, you know, like, Brisbane seems sick. Like, I'm going to go there. And then, so I'd, like, well, bought a van at that bef- point. So you were looking at the Sunshine State? Yeah, yeah. yeah I had to, I just had to move. Um, you got a van. And, yeah, I, I was with my partner, Bailey, at the time. Yeah. And we... We were kind of like both just getting over Sydney. And we were like, yeah, we're going to get a van. And we bought a van. And for like, yeah, a few months we were just like working and building that and chipping away so we could have the money to just leave. Yeah, which is a thing I seem to remember about you is you seemed to work for certain amounts of time to like then get certain amounts of time of like no work for a while that's what i did because that's all i could do yeah because i had a job yeah i was like okay i need to book time off yeah yeah, and i would be like okay i'm gonna save a bunch of money 
have my time off and then have the job to come back yeah. to. Scooter Hut was like so good for that. Yeah. They were like, cause I was writing for brands that we stocked in the store, yeah. which was incredible. Yeah. I guess like that eventually did come to an end. And I kind of think like one of the things I've learned over the years is like nothing good lasts forever. Yeah. And so I think we need to like live every moment the best we can, but we also need to like let go of things that, you know, have lost yeah. that essence. For sure. Uh, so yeah, I decided to save up a bunch of money and leave Sydney in the van and yeah. uh, I came to Brisbane and that was like a not a definite move at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had just like you were gone, just van life, gone north, exploring the country. That's like right. Taking we a, were at like the Turinga house. Mad break from like the hustle of yeah. working and yeah, yeah, filming and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then I was like, yeah, getting that was your holiday. Um, yeah, getting amongst you know what you guys had here. Yeah, and I think I can't remember how long we we're on the road for, but mm. we were like traveling up and down the East coast and yeah, eventually I've had to go back to Sydney to see f- family. I think we yeah. went back to Sydney to work f- over Christmas. Okay. Yeah. And I went back to Scooter Hut for a bit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this you had a casual, yeah, you hadn't, uh, moved yet. You were still like, yeah, I was yeah, still, you were nomad at that yeah. stage. Yeah. And, uh, funny enough, I was living it out of my old place that I used to like just living out the front in my yeah. van and yeah, my yeah, mum's yeah. place and like just bouncing around yeah. trying to make money to then leave again. Yeah. Uh, and so when do you get to Brisbane or how do you get to Brisbane? What did well, that look like? I mean, I was, was there, like but I'm asking you anyway. <laughs> which was a very interesting yeah. time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it was a bit, when you say interesting time, I assume you're re- referencing um, the pandemic. We were at the Turinga house and I remember you and Bales came and parked up at the Turinga house for like a week. And was that when you, when Juzzy was also with you and you went up? Yeah, we yeah. went to Cairns. So that's like before you'd moved, you were just like traveling. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And then we were th- theorizing like, should we go back to Sydney, see our families, make money and come back? Yeah. Move to Brisbane. Yeah. 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 So you and moved. we'd like made that decision, I think. Yeah. At that time. Yeah. Yeah. So that became our our next plan. Yeah. Was to go back and save money to come back. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so that kind of took it took us into the start of twenty twenty. Yep. And we'd just left our jobs. Yep. Partner and I. And hit the road and we went south first. We were going to go to Tasmania and then come to Brisbane. Yep. And then all the borders started shutting. And you made a break for the motherland. Yeah, we like, (laughs) we heard that the the Queensland, New South Wales border was closing. It was like 48 hours. They were like, we're closing the border in 48 hours. And we were at like the complete other border. Yeah. The Victorian border. Yeah, yeah. We're just like, we can make it. Now's the time to go. If we go, we, we can make like it. We just like turn now. around and just boosted it. Man, that's Called right. Called my mum and I was like, yeah, we're, I'm moving to Brisbane. Are you around tonight? 
like she just freaked out. <laughs> Did you go and give her a hug and a kiss? Like, yeah, I'm yeah, out. like this is, yeah. yeah. Was that like hectic? Was she like, at that time it wasn't because okay. it wasn't like we didn't know what was coming, didn't know what, yeah, the extent of it all was. And yeah, but I mean, was your mum like, Kevin, calm down, you this is crazy. What do you mean you're moving like yeah, running across the bit, border? She was like, a bit like, this is all too soon, yeah, but but you're like, I gotta scoot. Yeah. I spots. guess I, we'd <laughs> already in our mind been like, we're doing this move. You, you were like, doing so it has it, to it happen just, now yeah, or it, it's not happening. It just preemptively got like thrown yeah. on everyone. You already knew. <laughs> yeah. 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 So we did it mm. and yeah, drove like 18 hours in like a day and a half. Yeah. And just boosted God it. Damn. Quarantined in Nathan Fleming's house yeah. for like two weeks. In his unit. In his yeah, in his unit. So Did, shout and, out to Nathan. And we were like, I would visit. I remember I'd bring coffee. I don't yeah. know if you were still in quarantine at that yeah, stage yeah, yeah. or not. Yeah, 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 like people were allowed to visit. You just weren't allowed out. It was so, weird. Uh, yeah. Anyway, was, fucking. Yeah. Um, oh. But yeah, that was the official move to Brisbane. Yeah. And so like we were riding like flat rails at the front. Out the front. I remember. And, like yeah. It was oh, a weird man. time, but. Uh, yeah, then we like finished quarantine and it was pretty chill for a while. Like we were all going out riding and stuff again. Like yeah. it had went yeah, through these yeah. weird phases. Yeah. The DIY and that we built. Yeah. Near the, near Morningside. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it lasted. Yeah. Yeah. So that period we're there. Yeah. 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 And that was the time where I came to you and was just like, I was talking to like the new owners of urban art or like theorizing yep. how it was going to continue. And I was just like, well, I'm in Brisbane. Like you've been hooking me up for years. Mm. All these dudes are sick. Like, like a native just felt like a really yep. good fit. So I came to you yeah, and we were like out the back of Nate's place outside. And I was just, I yeah. just put it on you. And then, I guess from that... You tell your version of the story, then I'll tell my version. (laughs) I guess my version was that it was, like, well-received and and I was hyped, but nothing was, like, official at that point. And... When you um, said to me out the back of Nate's, like, all right, these these guys have got an actual offer back on the table for urban art. Yeah. Like that could go ahead unless. Yeah, I think wanna... I more or less asked if you would match it. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I'm yeah. thinking of going, like, I want to ride for Native. Yeah, yeah. Like. So I remember when it started to look like you riding for Native was a possibility. Me and the boys had talked about it. And I think Nate was the one that's like, if you want to do something, like, it's happening like now and I was just trying to play it cool (laughs) because in my mind it had been like at that stage for the pretty much forever it had been as soon as you were available it was a yes and that had been discussed with Reese it was like Reese Kev yeah no no question yes 100% like that Mm. was that was such a given from forever ago. It had been a thing forever. You know, I thought if Kev wants to 
ride for anyone. He knows he just has to say the word and he could ride for anyone. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to ride for Native, you just had to say the word and I was just waiting for you to, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like there was this there was this time of we were both, you, you, you were like, look, you, in your head, you're like, I'd ride for Native. Like Regan just needs to fucking say something. And I'm like, dude, Kev can ride for Native. He just needs to fucking say something. It's like, babe, just make a move. <laughs> like, That's so good. It, um, yeah, it was. Yeah. I remember it being like, like it was like fitting. Like I was like, yeah, this would really work. Yeah. yeah. And it's, in my opinion, worked out fantabulously. Yeah. <laughs> I just systematically flowed him scooter parts for years and years. And I just made Brisbane look so good like it was so popping it was pretty appealing until he finally moved yeah. here and then he was like i have to ride for native that yeah. was um yeah it just felt right yeah yeah and and i was amongst it what influenced you to change your perspective slash outlook on life over the years what that's such a hard question to, i feel like as we talk about all this other stuff answers to that question come out you know, that's mm. such a hard, that, that's a big mm. question to um, address. But, you know, is there, can you speak on that? I think the biggest thing would be that scootering mm. taught me one of the best things ever, which is that, and through this whole timeline that I've explained, like a lot of it was just really unconscious. Mm. But it got to this point where I realised that if you love something enough, you will find a way to make it work. Mm-hmm. And in in making it work for so long, I was like, it was very apparent to me that I didn't need to, you know, fall into these, like, other expectations mm. society, you know. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, can put on to you. So it I, that shifted a lot because yeah. I was like already doing it and had been doing it for so long. Yeah. And it was like the mo- extra motivation to be like, like how do I really want to curate my life? Yeah. Like beyond scootering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because I think I sacrificed a lot to make scootering my thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I'm not sure if that answers that question completely, but that was like this the starting point to me seeing the world in a in a different way. There's so many moments in my life where this question is yeah relevant. A, a big shift in my life was transitioning into being a vegan. Yep. And then transitioning out of being a vegan. Yeah. Because in Becoming a vegan, I let go of my worldview up until that point to become a vegan. And then that became my worldview. Yeah. And that's like a strong, that's like a strong thing to take on. Like almost everyone I've ever met that was vegan, including myself at one time, like takes it on as like a big part of their personality. Yeah. And it's, it's still something that you know, there's a lot of values and ethics that I have from that time, Mm. which I still 
hold to this day. But transitioning out of being vegan or, or you know, that veganism worldview, yeah. I had to let go of a, like another world I once thought was, yeah. you know, yeah. what my world was. Yeah. And I think going through those transitions, I've learned that my worldview has never actually been like there's no truth to it's never been right yeah it's never been right because every time you thought you like had it locked down you two months later like changed your whole yeah Yeah. so it's a very distinctive series of events which i now use in my life which is that if i can change my mind on something that's so big and integrated into my life if i can change that yeah entirely like what other things yeah in my life or if i was yeah if i was wrong about this what else was i wrong yeah. about what yeah. other things am i like holding on to that yeah don't need to be held on to yeah and sent me on a journey yeah <laughs> for sure for every scooter rider there's a whole life of very deep introspection introspection you know that's gone into getting our lives to the point that we're able to live the way that we do in the you know with scootering being such a big part of it and i think so much of scootering is introspection Mm. which is probably why i think the way that i yeah or why i gravitated towards scootering in the first place this question from maladara mang keaton my bro I have to talk to him about uh, that last topic. Mm. He has asked, how has your spiritual journey affected your approach to scootering? Much love, bro. Yeah, great question. I think they're like one in the same, which is that without scootering, I wouldn't have found like a spiritual way of like interacting in yeah. the world yeah. it's like if it wasn't for scootering I wouldn't have developed the the ways that I th- like think and yeah. move and yeah and so I think scootering has played a large role in where I am today but in I guess in connecting to more of a spiritual yeah, uh, you it's, know, are you spiritual? <laughs> you know, well, yeah, how is your has, spiritual? It has such oh, a, how's your yeah? How's your spiritual journey affected your scootering? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, spiritual has this like weird connotation to it. Yeah. But, um, I've had like too many lived experiences now to not think that there's something beyond mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And this world, we that live. there is a spiritual realm. Yeah. 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 Like there's. And to me, I would almost say the things we don't see are more real than the things we do see. Yeah. That's like where I've The things to. we don't see, but we do feel and yeah. think or is, like resonate with more real and stuff than the like that. that we see. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So. The things we see are just this surface layer. Yeah. Like stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if, if it wasn't for scootering, I wouldn't have got to that point, I don't yeah. think, because scootering is a very like introspective like thing to do Mm. you know like you're always like thinking 
ahead and you're thinking what you've done, what you yeah. want to do differently, how to refine it. Yeah. And so I guess I developed those tools and over the years have, yeah, developed like quite, I would say quite a strong spiritual connection Yeah. with myself Yeah. and a greater knowing. Yeah. It's interesting because I think scootering has taught me more than anything else. Yeah. And so, like, I can use the years I've spent on a scooter and look back on it and take, like, a lot of insight yeah. and, and wisdom from those lived experiences. It's so, more like how has your scootering journey affect, affected your spiritual journey? <laughs> yeah. Flip it around. Yeah, well, that's yeah. what I'm trying yeah, yeah, to yeah. get to. I get yeah. But it's like I can't explain it without it without it going the other way first, which is that I've taken this insight from my time of scootering and then sat with it and now can take a different approach to scootering. So it's like that level of awareness that I now have. And so when when I scooter, I'm a lot more conscious of what, I'm doing and how I'm doing it yeah. and there's an intention behind yeah, what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't have learnt those tools without doing yeah, and, yeah like yeah. without riding scooters yeah, for so for many sure. years. So now it's it's it looks very different and I'm not so much like trying to outdo myself. Like yeah. the intention is to to have fun to be creative yeah. and to enjoy the process, the mm. whole process. Yeah. 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 So it's like the parts I don't like, I've come to like. The things that are challenging, I've come to enjoy. Yeah. And, yeah, I feel like it's, it's still such a big part of me, mm-hmm. but I can now look at scootering and it's doesn't play as big of a role in my life as it once did yeah uh which is so important to say yeah because i feel like there's a pressure to be so all in Mm. on something like that especially when we talk about how the lives we got and the way we think come from being so all in and being able to make success out of being like all in on it and following your passion all in and to then sit back and go but I do see that it's not everything. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I like that. And you can almost like take it in a way that is like, you can almost identify yourself to that, mm. which is like, I'm this scooter rider that's, you know, made all of these videos and yeah. this is how I validate myself. Yeah. And, unconsciously that's probably what i did to, yeah, on some yeah. level yeah uh that could when, only when sustain that, you and fulfill yeah. you if it can last forever and it yeah can't, and if that's all your identity is then yeah like it's gonna crash at some yeah. point yeah yeah, yeah. So, not sustainable forever yeah so especially it, if the level mm, has a lot to do with it as well if the if the final version of it is what fulfills you 
the, or the level of the final version is what fulfills you as opposed to the enjoyment that went into making it. Mm. Like if you can over the long term enjoy making videos and riding scooters, that's sustainable even into yeah. old age. Totally. You know, yeah. but making yeah. high, high level uh, riding videos where the skill level alone is like the be all and end all of the video. It's not a sustainable thing to get fulfillment from long term. Yeah, yeah, I would agree completely. Yeah, and a lot of my outlook has changed on how I see scootering as well because of that. So, like, I, I enjoy seeing people have more fun than I do see people going hard. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, I remember a while ago you said I used to let filming video parts. I used to drive. You used to drive it like you used to really be like self-motivated. Yeah. And uh, more recently, you've kind of, you know, sat back from that a lot and been like, I just go scootering with the boys when we go mm. scootering. In my own words, I would say I'm like more productive. Yeah. Based on the time I actually yeah, yeah, yeah. do right. Um, and I think a better way or a way that I would describe that is that I'm more so now playing to my strengths yeah, and like what, where I'm going to thrive. Yeah, yeah. Whereas before I would be doing everything. Yeah. Which isn't playing to my strength. By everything you mean, having the camera bag, organising the, like, you know, the the self-motivated. The crew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Choosing a song, yeah, editing yeah. the video, yeah, you know, organizing trips, um, which you were leading for like a good portion yeah, of time as well. Yeah. Not only just with your time um, with me, but from what I can tell, even before, mm, you, you yeah. know, you were like you said, self motivated, yeah. and I feel like there would have been a time when you would have been um, leading the organizational charge and motivational charge, like even going back to more of the friendly. Mm. days as well yeah definitely yeah yeah and there was i remember there was like frustration in there's always been like a level of frustration with me attaching to that like self-motivation because i'm like i want to do all this shit but like no one else is doing it with me and it wasn't to say like i don't regret it because i wouldn't have learnt the skills mm. along the way and I wouldn't have the videos to show for it. Yeah, now. for sure. But in taking that approach and my identity almost being attached to that's what I'm yeah. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like at some point it just got too much. Yeah. To the point yeah. of like if I lose scootering, like what who am I? Yeah. Like if yeah. I like break my leg or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. So oh, dude. It's I've, a scary thought. I think about it every time one of my feet starts hurting and stuff. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. Like even even just recently I was like, oh, man, I'm so keen to go out riding, get the camera bag, went out, met up, and like my ankle was just playing up bad mm. that day. And every time that happens, you're just forced to go like, oh, man. Like the I'll always be in the in the crew with the camera amongst it like if anything sometimes it's like oh that would be easier like if i wasn't also trying to ride 
I could just focus mm. on all mm. the other stuff if I wasn't trying to yeah. also ride. Well, I um, always said I'd, the moment I couldn't ride, I'd become a filmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, man, it's like I don't want to beg for it to happen <laughs> or anything, but it's like that's I'm always yeah. like on that precipice too. I'm like, you know, being the company owner and stuff, I'm like it would be so mm. perfect for me to just take on that mm. role fully, but I'm also like, oh, but... I don't want to carry the bag. I want to get clipped. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it's, it's then like, my foot hurts and I'm like, oh, maybe I, think, I should carry the bag. <laughs> yeah. I think they're the questions mm. we we need to ask ourselves as scooter riders. Though. Yeah. It's like, what are our strengths mm. and how can we play to those yeah. strengths? Yeah, you know? for sure. And for me, I think it is just simply writing. Yeah. Like I can do the filming. I can do all the organising. I can, yeah. you know, but... I kind of just need to be able to just ride. And if well, someone else can capture it, yeah. then that's epic. That's the beauty you know, of it. Like and I feel like that's such a big thing is um, for riders and, and, you know, the higher level riders do have to be so self-motivated, yeah. like you're saying, that unfortunately they're like, yeah, I can do the organising and the finding the spots and the uh, picking the people up and this and that. Um but but then I got a ride and what it actually all takes away from is your riding. Mm. That's exactly. what loses out exactly. from it, like, you, which like, is messed up. And it happened like, to me time and time again. You yeah. know, I'd organise a trip or I'd organise to go to this spot and that spot to do this trick and you don't get it. Mm. You don't get the trick, which is a part of it. Yeah. But you put in all this effort, Yeah. you know, to not get the trick yeah, and it's not a bad thing but yeah. if there's too much of that going on mm. it drains out what scootering once was yeah, yeah. you know for sure like, so i think there's everyone needs to find that what works for them yeah but for sure for me it's and in trying to answer that question it's just made me look at things very differently and like yeah what's sustainable how can i enjoy myself yeah the most and sure. at the moment that's honestly like riding skate parks yeah like is where i have the most fun and if there's a situation where someone like a filmer can come in and has all these spots for me to go to yeah then amazing yeah but I don't think, like, that's not where I want to put my energy into. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I've learned to trust a lot lately is um, time. And just looking back at how many clips I've filmed over the years and how sometimes there's been, when there's big breaks in filming clips, mm -hmm. it can just destroy, it, in the past it's just destroyed me and I've been like, what, like, what? Like it's the worst thing just mm. sitting there and being like, I, you know, this, my clips, my most recent clips came out in this and I've got nothing since. And, or like, oh, I'm filming, I filmed a clip this week, I filmed a clip this weekend and then three weeks, four weeks, two months go by and I haven't filmed another clip. And it's just like, oh, the momentum's lost and it feels like you're not yeah. even getting it anymore. But lately no so i've been filming apart over the last i put it as when um henry was born which was a year and a half ago mm. 
and I've been slowly just when when everything's perfect I I get clips whenever mm. you know sometimes I'll go out with the cameras go out with the crew but maybe this person's filming and I'm just taking photos etc cetera, etc cetera. don't get a clip that day but as you know you've been on many of the you've filmed half the clips mm. in this in this part I feel like mm. um, or you filmed a few of them um, uh, what I was trying to get at is it this the, the time between can be like so long and then I can get like two three clips in like one weekend and it's just so important to remember how like to trust the time, like mm. trust the yeah. long time. Like you think, okay, totally. I'm going to film a part for the next three months. I'm just going to, you know, mm. go out every weekend and get this part. Like, no, mm. for the next two years, yeah. save every clip you can get, even if there's six months between clips mm. for some of them. What I find you know? like interesting and yeah. like this ties into a few other ideas. Like we've talked about time blocking. Yeah. And so, like, for me now, I might ride, like, once, twice a week. Yep. But when I do ride, like, I get a lot You've blocked out everything else and and you're just riding. Yeah. And I've really been enjoying that. But when you were just speaking then, it just made me think of, like, in Australia, we can literally ride, like, every day of the year. Like, the sun is always shining. Yeah. And there's never snowing. It would almost be easier... If you could only ride in this, like, yeah, 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 you know, like the six months, yeah, yeah. or if it's snowing yeah, the nine other, months, like, or yeah, yeah, or just so cold that it's so hard, yeah, and so crazy, yeah. I think it's important to remember that there's like seasons, yeah, yeah. You can't like just because you got like thirty clips in a month before doesn't mean that yeah, that's how it's gonna yeah. keep going, yeah. So. Where do you live? <laughs> Today? <laughs> exactly. Uh, That's the common a common question, I think, of, you know, the people asking. Yeah. It seems like you wake up on the beach every day. Yeah, for a while. Where I, do you live? Yeah. It's, I, it's new every day, and mm. that's I do love that. Um, so I've been living in my van for, like, a solid, like, 13, 14 months mm. now, yeah. like pretty consistently with like, you know, maybe staying at my mum's for a little bit and mm. friend here and there, but predominantly living out of the van. But good like weeks at a time oh, of yeah. like yeah, yeah. only yeah. live. I yeah. live out of a van. Yeah. yeah. I've been basing myself around Byron Bay yeah. for most of that time. Yeah. And... Yeah, I've just been really enjoying being able to wake up at the beach every day and yeah. um, just surround myself in nature. What's a day in the van life? Uh, I mean, it it usually... We've got, we got eight minutes, by the way. Yeah. It changes all the time. Uh, but, I mean, a lot of my time is spent, like, cooking food. Yeah. And... I I would do that if I lived in a house anyway. Yeah. Because that's because we need food. We need to food, eat, but I also like trust myself when it comes to what food I'm eating. Yeah. More yeah. than um, yeah, what can be out there. So I'm cooking a lot. Yeah. Um, swimming a lot in the ocean. Yeah. Four times a day. 
quite easily. Yeah. Four times. In the summer, like, yeah. without a doubt, for yeah. sure. Like, um, Man, that's a lot of ocean. Yeah. At least twice a day, like, start of the day and end of the day, I yep. have to assume. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's sort of, like, f- for, for the last, like, t- 13, 14 months, it's been a lot of solitude, a lot yep. of introspection. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, just really taking the time to reevaluate what I want to be doing and yep. and giving myself the space and the time to do that. Just think. Yeah. So underrated. Yeah. So underrated. People yeah. live such busy and it's like, lives. It's it's they ridiculous don't have a chance to stop. Because until you do it, you don't actually realize like how distracted you can be. Like, yeah calling a friend to hang out or like you know watching a movie or like so many different things like scootering can be one of them you know Mm. like to go and clear your head kind of thing but I think the most valuable thing for me has been to really just sit with myself and to really think things through so yeah between eating and swimming and sleeping yeah it's yeah kind of it's funny because it you know it sounds like there's the stereotype or not stereotype but the i guess the conception that you live the van life and you would you know have all this time all this Mm -hmm. free time but it sounds like you just live a lot slower and a lot more deliberately and it's not like you necessarily get so much more done in a day or do so much more. You're just, it sounds like you're just doing the few things like mm. waking up early, swimming in the ocean, yeah. cooking my food, sitting there, it's, it's thinking a lot. Like that's, you're not doing much. It's living through what you're actually doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think one of the best things that I try to live by is how you do anything is how you do everything. Yeah. So if you're like getting up in the morning and having like, you're rushing around, like Mm. making coffee, making food, quick coffee, jump in the car down the highway. Like Like, the rest of your day is going to follow in the same pattern. Yeah. And we, we rarely, and I can speak from experience. Like there's so many years of my life, which I, I wasn't present. Mm. So yeah, 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 and so that's what I'm really given myself space to do yeah. now is to be present, yeah. and it's it's not easy, but it sounds it's worth got, it. It's got to a point now where it's like if I'm not living presently, I'm not living. Mm. Yeah, because it just flies. Living presently means paying attention to like each, yeah it can you be know, each it moment can be interpretable like, yeah but say for instance you could be you could be cooking food for yourself yeah but you're listening to a podcast or you're having a conversation or you're thinking about what you're going to do the next day or what happened the day before yeah like you're not actually or you're rushing through it to try and get to the next thing you've yeah, got to do you're not actually cooking food you have to do yeah gotcha yeah. You know? yeah 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 so it's like if i'm 
cooking food or um going for a run on the beach or um, swimming like yeah. it's that's all i'm doing yeah 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 when you're doing yeah. stuff you're trying to be like in that moment yeah really in the moment yeah yeah that's gnarly and i think yeah the the more i live that way the less i can live the way i used to live which is pretty yeah yeah, yeah. it's like you yeah. can't go back no like yeah. yeah and if you did it would just be so much harder to like deal with when you've lived like this yeah, yeah. and I, I think ironically the funniest thing about choosing to give myself the space to do these things is yeah is that i'm not like like time is not relative yeah like there's no need to rush. Yeah, yeah and I yeah. actually know. That yeah, 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 now. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. when you are, when you're like looking at the clock all the time, and yeah, you're structuring your day, uh, which I think is important yeah, to yeah, a degree. Yeah. Um, when it's overdone, yeah, you're like, time goes way quicker. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's like almost like slowing down time. Slowing down and doing less you actually do it a lot more mm. it's not just it's not just passing by mm, no yeah you're actually doing it and yeah. you're actually i can actually be and it's like a muscle yeah that you need to work and yeah but the more i the more i'm able to practice living that way it just it means i'm more in tune with actually what i want to be doing yeah yeah so the the more i live intentionally to be more present the more in tune i can actually be with what i actually want to be doing yeah so it actually means i'm doing exactly what i want to be doing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> which yeah. is i think yeah where i want to be yeah for and sure that just looks like yeah the living out of a van and living more simply and yeah. enjoying the smaller things. Yeah. And should everyone try it? I think everyone needs to try it at least once. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Sure. I hope that the people have, you know, enjoyed, enjoyed listening to us talk about your, you know, s- perspectives on scootering, a little bit of your perspectives on life, your um, story into scootering and I hope it sparks a lot of questions mm. in the comments that we can address in a future episode. So I would yeah. say yeah, you guys expect to see Kevin on here again. I'd love sure. to be a part of it, but it's been fun, man. So Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs>